This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for August 26, 2012. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 56 through 69. The message is by Jonathan Weir. that better? There we go. All right. Now, uh, I work for a campus ministry organization, and I work uh, down at Ohio State. And uh, recently having a conversation with an atheist, uh, who I spend a lot of my time with, atheists, agnostics, Christians who are struggling with their faith. And he was very adamant. He's like, the church is full of liars and hypocrites and, and people who backstab, and they're no different from anyone else in the world. And I surprised him by saying, well, I hope so. And what I meant by that is that the church is not a place for good people, like he thought. Everyone in America seems to think that the church is where good people go. Now, if you've been in the church any length of time, you know that is not the case, right? I've been a minister for 10 years. Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm older than I look. Um, And I've been ordained for 10 years. And I've, I've always been astonished sometimes at how Church people actually act worse than people who aren't in the church. But it doesn't really change the fact of who we are, which is God's people. And from the readings this morning, the church plays a prominent role in them, right? It is the place where God's people would go meet them. We, in the Old Testament reading, the ark is being brought in, and the priests are there, and Solomon talks about the glory and presence of the Lord with his people. And that's not something that American Protestant Christianity is very good at thinking about, the whole people of God. We've been taught all of our lives, at least I have, that if you've got your Bible and you've got Jesus, it doesn't matter. Church doesn't, it's secondary, right? You can go off in the woods on Sunday morning and praise God in nature, which, of course, you can certainly do. We maybe take one Sunday every other month and do that. Glory, that'd be awesome. But that's not a normal practice for a Christian. The Christian is about the church. The church is Christ's body. When Jesus says, you know, take my body and eat it and drink it, he, he wasn't just trying to creep people out. Although it creeped out some of his disciples, apparently. And it creeps people out when we talk about it. Eating the body and blood of Christ. What are you guys, cannibals over there? And that's what the early Christians were, were accused of being, cannibals. Because they would talk about eating and drinking of the Lord's body and blood. But rather, it's meant to show a more intimate picture with our Lord that it is the body of Christ. It is the people of God. When we have our individual relationship with Jesus, we do have our quiet times, our times of, of quiet prayer together, but always it's meant to bring us back into this body. And I don't think I need to tell any of you that this generation of college students, this generation of young people, don't have that conception. How many times have you heard the expression, I'm spiritual, but not religious? Right? Which is actually the new religious statement of the day, if you think about it. Because they want to convey that they believe in some sort of God, some ethereal spirituality, but they're not really going into that whole church thing. And look, this attitude, let's be frank, we've contributed to. We don't make the church very exciting. And I'm not talking about changing your worship style or changing your music style or changing any of that. I'm talking about the worldview of what we're actually doing here in the church, which is we are the redeemed body of Christ sent out into the world to transform it and make it new. 
That is the vision of the church. So when I talk about being excited about church, I'm not talking about, hey, this is where all the hip young people are happening. Let me, let me tell you, if you go to a U2 concert, you'll realize that the church can never live up to that sort of entertainment. Okay? You just can't. Whether you like U2 or not, it's an amazing entertainment experience. You go to Ohio State football game and getting jazzed about football, which I'm ready for, I don't know about you, the church can never live up to that kind of excitement. And you know what? That's not our job. Our job is much more intense, much more beautiful, and much more lasting. You go to a football game, you get excited. You know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. Sorry, if you're a Reds fan. I'm a huge Cardinals fan. So jacked about the World Series last year. Was so excited. Went crazy. But it, wasn't, it didn't last very long. Still a Cardinals fan. Having a tough time this season. Alright? But, and it's, the excitement doesn't last. The church, what the church is meant to be, is long-lasting. And I want to challenge all of you this morning that that's what our young people, our college students, and younger need to feel. There's so much money and time spent on how to change the church's worship style so we can get the kids in. Guess what? Kids are already so entertained and so media savvy, you're not even going to come close. Don't even try. Don't even try. What they want and what they desire is vision, and they want community. When we read the passages this morning, it was about the community and the people of God coming together, being united in the body of Christ to change the world, to become the image of God, to become, Jesus is called the icon of God, the image of God. And he, when he brings us to himself and unites us to himself through the gospel, we become icons of God. That is way more exciting than any U2 concert. That is way more exciting than any worship style that any of any of us could conceive. That isn't to say we don't have those conversations about worship style, but if that's what we expect to bring lifelong change to our kids, forget it. We're already way behind in the game. I had a, and I might have told this story before here, I had a very conservative uh, uh, supporter of mine. And uh, he sat me down for lunch and he said, this was back in the first, back in 2008 election when President Obama was elected, and he said, don't get how the young people are being deceived by this man. Why they're so excited about him, I don't get it. They're not thinking straight, they're not thinking deeply. And I said, well, let me stop you there. Now, they may not be thinking deeply enough, and we can have that conversation, but you have to realize it's not about that. As if for so often these kids are taught in America that the American dream is to work hard, get a job, you go to college to get a job, make money, have 2.5 kids, and have a nice house in the suburbs. And they're starting to reject that, and all of us are freaking out. Like somehow rejecting some parts of the American dream is rejecting Jesus in the church. Now, for some of them, it has conflated to that because we have conflated and brought it together. Instead of going, yeah, these things are good in and themselves, but when they start conflicting with the gospel and the message of the church and Jesus, they're not so good. And the kids get that, which is why a lot of them walk away from the church. So back to the conversation, my friend. I said, listen, no matter what you feel about his politics, is immaterial to this discussion. He's giving the kids a vision for their life. 
Now, whether you think it's compelling or not, not the point. Whether you think it's deep enough to solve the problems of our country, not the point. Whether you think it's the most evil thing you've ever heard in the world, not the point. He's speaking to them in a language they get. 